Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. Where we're processing through an incredible book of the Bible, the book of James. We're discovering what does it take for us as followers of Christ, for us as the church, to move from just average church goers and, and move into this place of of being all in with Christ. Why are we doing this? Because that's our theme for the year, all in. And if we're going to accomplish the task, Jesus said, go into all the world and share the good news with everyone everywhere. He said that we are his representatives everywhere we go and everything we do and what we say and our actions all in response to who he is. If we're going to accomplish this task, I'm just telling you what, folks, it's going to require that we're all in. Do I need to start over and try that again? It's going to require that we're all in. It's not going to be enough just to come in and fill a seat every Sunday morning. It's not going to be enough just to darken the doors of a church. You see, the days and the moments of just playing church, I believe, in the American culture is over. We're at a crossroads. We have a choice to make. Are we just going to play the game or are we going to be the church? Are we just going to go through the motions and and stand when we need to stand and sit when we need to sit and and come in on a Sunday morning and punch a religious time card and call it good and be proud of ourselves because we came in on a Sunday morning? Or are we truly going to embody who who God and Christ has called us to be? That's the question that you've got to ask yourself. Are we ready to grow in our walk with Christ, to to gain spiritual maturity with him. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying maturity as in we get rigid and structured. The Bible is very clear. This isn't about a a legalistic thing. This is is about a relationship that represents Christ. It's about looking for the opportunity. It's about living the life of consistency. See, we're on the final two weeks of this series where we're looking at what James is saying to the early Jewish believers, a group of individuals that, truth be told, were spiritually immature, and there were some some things that they were faltering on. and, And if we're being honest with ourselves, it really could be a book written to us personally today. Because there's a lot of us in the house, there's a lot of us that are watching online today that, that if we were super honest, we would admit, I, probably not the most spiritual, mature individual. I've got some growing room. I'm, I'm a work in progress. I need God's help. I, I don't want to just be a pew sitter, but I want to be on fire for God. I want to make an impact in the world. I want, to, I want to share his good news. I want to live the life that God has called me to live. So today we're going to look at a topic that truth be told, I believe, applies to every single one of us that are here, every single one of us that are watching online today. You see, some of us will go to almost any extent to avoid this. Some of us will face it head on without even holding back. Some of us will even create this even when it's not needed. 
Today, I want to talk about conflict. How do we respond, or how, let me, how should we respond? Come on, there's a difference. How should we respond as a follower of Christ, and what does that look like? You see, the Bible says this in James chapter 4, verse 1. It says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You see, there's this struggle. If you've given your life to Christ, there's this struggle on the deep inside of who you are, the old nature that tries to rear its ugly head, and the part of you that wants to follow after Christ. Now, some of you in the room, what you do is you pick up this side when you walk into church, and you pick up this side when you walk outside. Can I just tell you that's not going to work? Some of you, you go throughout your entire day and there's this continual battle and continual quarrel and so there's no peace on the inside of who you are and you're wondering, why aren't things working? Why are my relationships so difficult? Why is my relationship with my spouse, my coworkers, my kids, my parents, why does it just seem like it's crumbling all around me? What do I need to do? That's what I want to tell you about today. I'd venture to say there are a lot of you in the room that are dealing with this. Oh, we may not even know in this room because the moment you walk on here, you pull that car to the parking lot, you turn it off, you look in the car, you say, on your best behavior. And you walk out and everybody's like, oh, praise God. Oh, glory. how's your week? Oh, blessedly, highly favored in God's name. Right, right, right. We do, we do that, we do that. But truth be told, on the inside, there's this battle there's this quarreling that goes on, and James says it's because of what's happening deep on the inside of who you are. We all face conflict. The question is, what are you going to do when conflict comes your way? How are you going to respond when you face opposition in life? I'm reminded of the story, small country church one Sunday night, was having kind of a, a prayer moment where people could stand up and share their prayer need or their testimony. You guys remember those days? And, and they were doing that. And this dear lady in the church, uh, the pastor says, who need, has a prayer request, who has a testimony? And she stands up and she says this, oh, sisters and brothers, I need you to pray for me tonight. This has been a very trying week. The old devil's doing everything in his power to make me miserable Pray for me that I can survive. She sat down and instantly her husband stands up and he says, Brothers and sisters, I want you to know she's not the easiest woman to get along with either. <laughs> you see, every step that we take, we encounter a variety of personalities, um, thoughts, opinions, and behaviors, are you going to get along with every one of them? No. You see, sometimes we find people that are quite irritating. Some of them are fascinating individuals. Some of them are intimidating individuals. Truth be told, some personalities click and others really clash. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever met a person that isn't the easiest in the world to get along with? Now, let me ask you another question. Have you ever had days when you're not the easiest person to get along with? 
Yeah, absolutely. We all have days like that. And when we have those moments, when we have those days, James says that's when the quarreling begins to rise from the evil desires deep on on the inside of who you are. When we don't get what we want, what do we do? We fight to get it. We take anyone and everyone down around us. We press forward to receive the prize. Why? Because we have in our mind that it's all about us. I don't know about you, but I see a huge discrepancy between that and an all-in relationship with God. Today I want to talk about two sides of this conflict. First off, I'm going to talk about what's the cause? What's the cause of the conflict and and how do we move beyond that? And the second is what's our steps to resolution so that we don't have to live in this realm or this land of conflict in our lives? So first off, three causes of conflicts in your life. Number one, James says it's a desire for power and control. A desire for power and and control. We want what we don't have. Have you ever been there before? Man, I want what I don't have. I want what you have. That's what I want in my life. We all have this desire for control. It started as a toddler, right? Mine, mine, Mine are toddlers. They want independence. They want to put that shirt on by themselves. They want to dress themselves. I've seen some of your kids. They want to dress themselves. Right? And then we become teenagers. And suddenly, suddenly, when we hit the teenage realm, we suddenly know everything. And we can do it. We don't need anybody else's help. And we tell people, just let me figure it out. Right? The problem is that mindset continues. We want what we don't have. We strive for control in our lives. We want to make choices by ourselves. Now, this idea of independence, it can be channeled in the right way or it can be channeled in the wrong way. The choice is up to you. You see, it's not bad. In fact, it's great to be a leader. It's okay to be in charge. But when that behavior begins to tear down those around us, we've taken the independence too far. There's this balance in our lives between leading with authority and leading with passivity and leading with arrogance. One encourages growth of vision. One allows others to be confused in the vision, and one makes the vision all about self. We must learn to give that ultimate control, to submit ourselves to the things of God. Number two, it's a desire to be confrontational. Now, some of you in the room, you would say to me, well, I'm not confrontational, but truth be told, your actions show something else. James says, you don't have what you want, so you scheme and you kill to get it. Oh, pastor, I've never killed anybody. But what have you done with your words? What have you done with your actions? 
what have you done with your responses? See, we learned several weeks ago that there's a power of life and of death within the tongue. We've got to come to this place where we control that tongue to allow God to use it to bring life to those around us. Once again, it's not just about us. It's not about who can I step on to get to where I want to go. It's all about Jesus. The third cause is this. It's a desire for possessions. He says in in chapter 4, verse 2, you are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and you rage war to take it away from them. Come on, look at that. You're jealous. Have you ever been jealous about what somebody else has? Oh, yeah. Man, if I could just have that, that's cool. Man, I'd love to have a house like that. Man, I'd love to have a car like that. I'd love to have, well, fill in the blank. And the Bible says you're jealous about what they have, and you can't get it, so what do you do? You rage war. You fight just so you can get it. We haven't learned to be content with what God has given us. So we're so busy arguing with other people that we lack the, the ability, truth be told, to really see what God has put in our possession. See, the Bible tells me this, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Not your wants. There's a difference. My God, your God, will supply all your needs. We're going to get into this a little bit more in just a moment. Read what it says in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, Paul is writing here and he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Here's the deal, folks. Our source, our resolution in this moment, in this desire for possession, our source has got to be not self, but the source of this contentment, the source of this peace has got to be and can only be found in Christ. I can do all things through Christ, through Jesus. He's the one that gives me strength. I'd venture to say that Paul was one of those guys that would get things done. I'd love to take like just 10 minutes of Paul's time and sit down with him and just have a conversation because I believe that Paul was one of those guys that walked in the room and he's like, you know what? That's not getting done. Make it happen. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Let's go. Right? That, that, was, Paul. that was Paul. Yet he came to the place. He goes, you know what? Mm. I've realized something. 
It's not in what I can accomplish by myself. But it's what happens when I give Jesus control of my life. It's what happens when I, when I make myself available to the things of God. He said, it's in those moments, that's when I find the ability to accomplish the task that God has placed in front of me. God is our source. But here's the problem. We don't ask. Rather than asking God for help, rather than turning to God for assistance, rather than allowing him to be the source, rather than trying to accomplish it through his strength and his power, we tried our own. And the Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 2, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God. We don't have because we don't ask. We're so busy complaining. We're so busy griping. We're so busy moaning and groaning and weeping and having a little pity party in life could it be that we just need to change our focus let me ask you a question how many of you parents would love to have a better relationship with your kids one of you praise god there's two i see that hand this morning hallelujah there's three now truth be told i believe that every one of us would like to have a better relationship so Here's a thought. What would happen if we changed the mindset? Rather than trying to powerhouse our way through, what if we turned to God and said, Lord, would I bring my kids to you right now. I pray that you will help them to become more like you. And also, God, I pray that you'll help me to be more like you, to be a better dad? Lord, help me to be the parent that you want me to be. I place you at the very center of our family right now. God, I give this to you. Or you, those of you that are married, how many of you would like to have a better relationship with your spouse? Okay, none of you. Man, I'm, I'm just, whoo, I'm talking to the wrong group. I'm just talking to those that are online this morning. I venture to say, those of you online, you want a better relationship with your spouse. Why not, why not turn to God and say, Lord, I give my marriage to you. Help me to be a better husband. Lord, if there are things that I've done wrong, God, if there, if there are steps that I've taken that are, that are wrong, God, help me to turn around to ask for forgiveness of them and, and from you. And Lord, help me to dedicate my, my relationship with my wife to you. I surrender it all right now. I give it to you. Help us to be more like you. God, I'm going all in. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to turn to you. problem is there are moments that we we come to god but we don't come with the all-in attitude we come in and we say god get him come on have you ever prayed that prayer oh brother i've been praying for you 
You know, we've all been there. I've been praying for you. But what we've been praying, rather than praying, God, would you bless them? Would you strengthen them? Would you help them? We pray things like, God, would you zap them? Would you squish them? Would you smash them? Right? And the Bible says this. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because the whole motive is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. How do we know if our motives are wrong? Look at this. There's two quick tests you can take. Number one, are your motives self-centered or are they Jesus-centered? That's a quick, easy test, right? Are my motives centered on who I am or are they centered on Christ? Number two, are you looking out for yourself or are you putting others first? Jesus said the greatest commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The two cannot be separated. What's your motive? What moves you forward? I'm going to give you four steps to resolve all of this. Now, we've realized what the cause is. We realize the definition of what the conflict is. But now, how do we resolve that? Well, the first thing we've got to do, this sounds pretty obvious, and you're going to go, Pastor, you worked a long time coming up at this point, but I want you to grab a hold of this. You give control to God. In other words, you say, I'm all in. God, I'm giving it to you right now. The Bible says in verse 7, so humble yourself before God. I give you control. Another translation says, submit yourself to the Lord. In other words, turn it over to him. You need to learn that you can trust God in every situation. Give it to God every situation in your life. Put him in charge. This is a starting place. James reminds us that the conflict that's happening with other people is because there's a fight deep on the inside of who we are. So the starting point to resolution on the outside is finding resolution on the inside. If you want to see your relationship with your parents better or with your kids better or with your spouse better or your coworkers or your, your neighbors or whoever, if you want to see that improve, The key that opens up that door of opportunity is resolution on the inside of your life. It's giving it to God. And Colossians chapter 3 says it this way. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. This word rule is a word that describes an umpire. And I think about this. An umpire is the one who calls the shots. They're going to call whether it's a ball or a strike or whether you're safe or whether you're out. See, when you give God that opportunity to rule your hearts, you're saying, Lord, I'm letting you call the shots. Why would we do that? Because he's the perfect umpire. He already knows what's going to happen in your life tomorrow. He's already got a plan and a purpose for your life. The question is, are you going to step into that? Or 
are you going to continue to toy with this turmoil on the inside? See, when we have peace with Jesus in our hearts, we are on the road to peace with others. If not, we begin to manipulate those around us. We begin to try to control them, doing whatever we can to get what we want in life. You see, going all in with God means that you learn to say, God, you're the one I'm giving control to. Lord, your will be done, not my will be done. There's a huge difference. We trust him in the process. We don't question him, but we trust him. Number two, Resist control of Satan. Number one, you give control to God. Number two, you resist control of Satan. You can't do both. Come on, those of you watching online, put it in the chat. You can't do both. Look at your neighbor this morning. Say, you can't do both. We can't say, I'm resisting the enemy. I'm giving it to God. I'm going to give God control, but I'm going to let Satan have control. I can't do both of those. You've got to give God control and resist the enemy. God, you're first. Look at James chapter 4, verse 7. Resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. He will run from you. Beware, be alert, realize what's going on. Don't be naive spiritually. Realize where the conflict comes from. The word resist here is a war term. It means to be prepared, to stand against, to withstand an attack. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that when the day of evil comes, what we have to do is clothe ourselves in the full armor of God. He begins to list them out, the helmet of salvation, the blessed breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the belts of truth, the list goes on and on. He says, when you've done everything to stand, oh, I love this, stand firm. When you've done everything in your ability to resist the enemy, your next step, resist the enemy. When you've done everything in your ability, stand strong. Be ready. Be on guard. Clothe yourself in the full armor of God. Satan wants to do everything in his ability to destroy the relationships that God has put before you. Why? Because he loves conflict, he loves arguments. He wants to cause confusion. He wants to cause stress. He wants to cause hurt feelings. He wants to cause disappointment. He wants to cause anger. He wants to cause chaos. So what we have to do is say, not today, Satan. Today is the day of the Lord, which the Lord has put before me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will move forward. I won't step back, but I'm moving forward. I'm going all in in the things of God. And when you do that... Church, listen, when you do that, when you allow that peace of God to take residence inside of you, suddenly it begins to move to the situations and the relationships around you. But, but if you begin to toy 
if you begin to allow the devil, the enemy, our adversary, if you begin to allow him to creep in, guess what? It's going to spread throughout and will consume you. You'll find yourself argumentative. You'll find yourself critical. You'll find yourself wanting what you want and doing anything you can do to get it. You'll begin to walk in the opposition to the things of God. It'll take that long. So be on guard. The Bible says that the enemy, Satan, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Listen carefully. The lion that's waiting to devour something, he's looking for the weakest of the pack. Come on, that should have got a lot of, hmm, come on. He's looking for the weakest of the pack. Don't be the weakest link. Don't be the weakest link. Give control to God. Hide his word in your heart. Determine today, determine tomorrow, determine Tuesday, determine Wednesday, determine Thursday, determine Friday, every day. Make a determination, Lord, I'm going all in today. Tomorrow morning when you get up, God, I'm going all in today. Tuesday morning when you get up, look in that mirror and say, today I'm going all in. Wednesday morning when you get up, say, today I'm going all in. Thursday morning when you get up, say, I'm going all in. Because the moment you step back and you say, well, today I'm just going to float through life guess what boom there he is let me move on satan knows how to get to you he begins to play on your pride particularly wounded pride he tells you what you think you need to hear or want to hear He whispers those little lies into your ear. He gives you those suggestions or those ideas or those ways to retaliate or get back or have it your way. He tells you the things that your pride loves to hear. Listen carefully. Resist him at the first moments. And the Bible promises us that God will be with us. That God will never abandon us. But he'll be with you every step of the way. Our third step is this, grow close to God. You come close to Jesus, to God, you give him control, you resist control of the enemy, and you grow close to God. Look what it says in verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 8. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. How do you come closer to God? You take a step, and every time you take a step, he takes a step. You take another step, and when you take another step, he takes another step. He comes closer to you. You spend time in prayer. You spend time reading his word. You join a life group. You come to men's night Friday night, guys. You look for the opportunity. Listen to this. You make the things of God a priority in your life. I want to read something to you. It came up on my time hop this morning. This was quite alarming to me. Used to be when a person said, I, I attend church regularly, it meant that they, they come every week. Man, I am a regular attender. 15 years ago, 40% of church attendings came four times a month 
four Sundays a month. 40% came three Sundays a month. 10% came two. And 10% came one. Today, 10% of people come uh, four times a month. 15% come three times a month. 35% come two times a month. And 40% come once a month. And we wonder why our world nose diving because now we come to church at a convenience rather than conviction oh now don't get me wrong church isn't going to save you you can come to church every single week i say this regularly you can come to church every week and go to hell but spending time here with other believers learning the word of god allowing it to be poured into your life building relationships and accountability with other people come on can i just tell you it helps a lot i'm going to challenge you guys as we venture to go all in make this a priority make this a priority for you Mom and dad, lead your kids. Bring them to church. Well, I, I don't want to force religion on them, so you're going to give them hell. Literally. Literally. You're going to, like, give them a key and say, welcome home. I know that's, I know that's harsh. But it's true. Their eternity is in the balance and you've been trusted by God for that 18 19 35 years at their home <laughs> you've been trusted by God to raise them and to lead them in the things of God let me move on grow close to God. And our final step is this. Ask God for forgiveness. James chapter 4 verse 8 says this, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You're playing games. If you want to stop the conflict in your life, if you want to get along with other people, if you want to avoid arguments, learn to ask forgiveness of God and of them. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. It's their fault. It takes two to tango. Every one of us plays a part in that relationship. I love what James says. It says, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts. Now, when we look at this, our hands represent our conduct. He says, wash your hands. This is your action. This is your conduct. This is what you do. And then he says, our hearts represent our attitude. He says, purify 
your hearts. Wash your hands and purify your hearts. So all that we say and all that we do is now a reflection of God. We're doing all that we can to walk a purified life that is holy and pleasing and acceptable unto God. And truth be told, it may be several days in a row you got to wash your hands. Man, God, forgive me. Kids, I'm sorry. Wife, I'm sorry. I wash my hands. God, I come to you. God, would you purify my heart? God, would you help me in my attitude to be more like you? If you want to change, the only way that you're going to change is to humble yourself and come to God. It's not easy. But James says in verse 10, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. The only way to conflict resolution, the only solution, is turning to God. He's the key that opens that door. I'm going to challenge you today. Do the hard work. See, God, God steps in and does his part. But we got some work to do. Because we've had a bad attitude for too long. We've been stirring the pot for too long. We've been giving the enemy an opportunity for too long. We've been fighting for possession for too long. We've been jealous of those around us for too long. We've been, haven't been content for long enough. It's time for a change in our lives. Today, I believe that today, in just a few moments, that these altars are going to be full with moms, and dads, with young people, with single individuals, with teenagers. They're saying, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired of the path I've been on. I'm tired of the fight. Today, I'm ready to wash my hands. I'm ready to purify my heart. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.